Coming up on Tech Thing Office 2016, yo, what to do if you're fed up with AVG antivirus, starting your own hackerspace, earplugs that don't ruin music, a gaming GPU for an older PC, and more. It's all coming up on Tech Thing. If you get something useful out of this episode of Tech Thing, please consider contributing to the show at patreon.com slash techthing. We're brought to you by viewers just like you, so thank you so much. I'm Shannon Morse. And I'm Patty Norton. And this is Tech Thing, where we make technology behave. At least on the good days. <laughs> we were just discussing Japanese toilet technology. We were. <laughs> and it's not high-tech toilets that excite you in Japan. <laughs> it's the ones where you're like, how do I use this? Oh, yeah, the holes in the floor? I've seen pictures. Yeah. Actually, they're amazing. Just Google it. And I don't know. Maybe ergonometrically not. significantly more correct than U.S. Turn toilets. on Safe Search and then Google it. This is the kind <laughs> of information you get on tech things. Seriously. <laughs> oh my goodness. August 2016. It's here, people. The 25th anniversary. No, last year was the 25th anniversary of the bundling of Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. The new version looks a lot like its predecessors, with a couple of important changes. Um, it's kind of funny. The the biggest thing for me changing it is right there on the homepage uh, for mm. the products at office.com. The new office takes the work out of working together. I'll explain that in a second. If you haven't played with Office in a while, if you haven't played with Office in a while, reminder, office.com and mobile apps are free. They don't offer all of the features, which is fine for most folks. The running rule for years has been like, 90% of the users of Word or Excel don't use 90% of the features. <laughs> That's so true. Which is something that, that, that Microsoft's been working on in, uh, in a big way. So the Own It, Your, Own It Forever version of Office 2016 is 149 per seat for home and student, oh. 229 for home and business. Students don't get Outlook. Everybody gets Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and OneNote. Um, there are some much needed additions. Uh, tell me helps you find the 90% of the features that 90% of the users never use. It's kind of like Clippy. But yeah, I was the thinking suck. of Clippy. <laughs> no Clippy suckage here. It's like, you know, how do I insert a page break? And it oh. takes you to the tool to insert a page break. Okay. The best change probably, right there. Uh, Microsoft finally brings real-time co-authoring to Word on the desktop, i.e. changes are made that everyone can see while you're doing collaborative editing, which cool. may not help people at home who are writing papers, but if you work in an office, is a huge deal. So it locks either the line or the paragraph you're editing while you're editing it. And there are no signs of this live collaboration in Excel or PowerPoint yet, but people are hoping that it will be coming soon. That's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, as you might expect, Microsoft is pushing subscriptions over perpetual oh, yeah. license. Like this may be sort of the end Not of surprised. the- yeah, it's probably the end of the monolithic Office release. Uh, yeah. Office 365 is subscription-based. Home covers five PCs plus five Android or iOS mobile devices for $9.99 a month or $99 a year. The personal version covers one PC or Mac and one mobile device for $6.99 or $69 a year. Wow. Um, Office 365 gets more stuff. The more online stuff. version, well, the, the subscription, <laughs> the subscribers get more stuff than the people who buy the perpetual license. So Office 365 uh, users also get Sway, a professional digital storytelling app that is decidedly not PowerPoint. I mean, it makes stuff that looks like this. Wow. Ooh. Well, actually, it kind of. Oh well, my gosh, this reminds me of like every apartment <laughs> complex I've ever visited in their advertisements. Well, maybe that's where they're getting them. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, Delve which no one really seems to understand uh, <laughs> later. Than, well, it's, it's, it's like graph, it's, it's the Microsoft graphing tool that looks at you know, business collaborations and like tells you who's working on what and what's, it's, it, everybody know who's spent a lot of time reviewing it, it's kind of like, it's a thing, someday huh. it may make sense. Um, Planner is coming to Office 365 later this year, which is, guess what, a very visual <laughs> uh, project managing tool, which looks really nice. Okay. So, 
look, it's the marketing So are you going to buy it? I don't know. I'm going to try it out. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to start with office.com. Um, and I'm also, I just got like, you know, Microsoft, the PR person I was working at Microsoft fell off the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. So I have a new PR person at Microsoft. So it'll be interesting to see. They're like, hey, we want to tell you more about this. And I was like, hey, tell me okay, more I about get this. That. It's, it's funny. I went from living professionally inside of the office tools and then uh, living either in Google or with one yeah. of the Opus, open source, open, open source, source yeah. <laughs> open source That's office That's what suites. I use right now. I use OpenOffice um, or LibreOffice, and then I use Google Docs for everything that is shared collaboration. So I probably won't get it, even right. though I use Windows operating systems. I know a lot of people got mad at me on Twitter when I was like, who uses Office anymore? A lot of people. <laughs> and, well, and I was totally trolling. I'm sorry. Well, but uh, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you work with like 3,000 table spreadsheets. Then it makes sense. It makes ab- absolutely. Or 3, and sell yeah. spreadsheets with I know 42 billion tables. <laughs> Trust me, I used to work at a bank. I got this. <laughs> she used to work at a hey, bank. Hey, I am excited because there's um, maybe, probably, yes, new Nexus is happening <laughs> next, th- next week. Uh, the big Google event is on mm-hmm. September 29th. We expect to hear about the Nexus 5X, which is going <laughs> to be built by LG starting at about 400, per, 400 bucks per for 16 gigs, I believe yeah. it is. Uh, CNET has a nice write-up. Sorry, guys, I uninstalled Flash Player, so you can't see the flash. <laughs> <laughs> so CNET says that the Nexus 6P will be built by Huawei, is expected to have a 2560 by 1440 quad HD screen, a metal body, which is going to be super nice, and both are expected uh, to feature dual front-facing speakers, a USB Type C port, which is going to be yeah. kind of cool. I haven't had checked it out Type C port yet. That's going to be awesome. I want I want high speed transfers that don't require the use of 802.11ac, but we'll talk about yeah. that later. <laughs> so it'll be for charging and transferring files. So a lot of details on that, and a fingerprint scanner on the rear side. Mm. Interesting. Qualcomm Snapdragon processors, and of course Android 6.0, which is going to be marshmallow. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. <laughs> In case you're wondering, I'm stoked. I get super excited about Android devices because why not? Well, you're also kind of, in, you're ready to buy a new phone despite the fact that your old phone is like three months old. No, my old phone is about one year old now. Is it? Is yeah, one? the Note 4 came out about one year ago. Okay, maybe Just it was about. your obsession with the Samsung Edge, Success Edge. Yeah. Had me <laughs> well, my friend brought that to DEF CON, so I got to play with it and I wanted to is take it, it home. The 6S Edge or the 5? I, tri- I checked out the... Uh, edge, the okay. original Edge. Okay. Not the six plus Not the six. or six Edge, plus. whatever it's called. You know what? <laughs> new phone. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like yeah, the new Nexus phones. There's going to be new um, Motorola phones. For Everything. Android. It's a good season for Android. Oh, yes, and by is. the way, a ton, ton, ton. Like we mentioned last week, of new tablets coming from Amazon. Oh yeah, oh, it's yeah. going to be amazing. Including hey. a fifty dollar tablet. <laughs> $50 tablet from Amazon. That's going to be super fun, too. Yes, it will. Hey, we got a message from Billy on Facebook. He said, my current PC needs a video card. It's old, an AMD HD 6450 in the bottleneck in the system. Uh, what would be a good replacement in the $100 category? I just installed Windows 10, and the system has a quad-core AMD Phenom 2840T, 12 gigs of RAM, and a Corsair 750-watt PSU. Thanks from Billy. And he also sent us a picture of his uh, his rating scale on Windows. <laughs> oh, <Wishing> Windows. <laughs> got a 4.4. 4. 
graphics yeah, pull them down pretty far. Ignore that scale. Sorry, guy. Although it may be accurate in this case. So, so what do you recommend? Okay, so the the, the Radeon HD 6450 uh, came out in 2011. You know, first one off the top of my head is G4 CTX 750Ti, which is going to offer you. You know, it's 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 kind of sad because the. The 6450 is so old, they don't even have comparable oh. benchmarks for it. But yeah. in terms of raw processing power, the orange bar that swamps the little tiny gray bar is the 750 Ti for 6450. Those are selling for like 120 bucks. If you want something that is a, a more future-proof than a 750 mm -hmm. Ti, which is, which is getting a little aged right now, um, a uh, NVIDIA 950 would oh. be pretty fantastic. It's going to cost about 40 bucks more, about $160. Okay. Um, but the NVIDIA's got a nice bump over... Uh, I, I can't be honest with you. A 950 is probably all the GPU you need for 1080p through yeah. your next motherboard and CPU. If you're, you know, if you're updating an older like Phenom or an older Core i3 or something like that. Okay. Um, if you are an AMD enthusiast and you want to stick with AMD, a Radeon R7 370 is going to cost you about 150 bucks, and it's going to perform kind of right in between the uh, 750 Ti and the GTX 950, which is the benchmarks we're looking for here. So that's a 370 versus 750 Ti. Um, it's a little more expensive, a little bit better performance than the 750 Ti, maybe out of the price range you want. Sounds but like good recommendations to me. I hope so. <laughs> I hope this Good helps. prices too. Well. I like inexpensive GPU. Well, it's, for 1080p, you do not need a $600 GPU. For 4K <laughs> gaming, you need like two $600 GPUs, but that's a whole other problem. You know what is awesome? Darren? Hackers. Hackers are awesome? Mm-hmm. Everything is hacker. Oh, wait. Darren, what's going on on Hack5 this week? Lord Nikon Zero Cool Crash Override? Acid Burn? What? Do any of these names mean anything to you? If they don't, you definitely need to check out this week's episode of Hack 5. Can you believe it's been 20 years? I'm not giving it away any more than that. HAK5.org. Hey, we got an awesome question on Twitter, and I wanted to bring this up for our next segment. This is to at Patrick Norton from at Todd Stallard. He said, what are some good earplugs for going to a concert? Reusable preferred. I have a concert in November and need a good pair. Hmm. So, this brings us to the rapid fire round, which in this case is going to be earplugs that don't ruin the music at a concert. Are you ready? Yes. Go! Okay. Hey, <laughs> first I want to point out these are not for the shooting range, aka what the, the impulse noise environments or really nasty work environments. For places where you like gunshots are going off or if you're grinding steel or something, you want big over-the-ear muffs, possibly over foam earplugs. Foam earplugs, by the way, uh, they are great for protecting your hearing, but they pretty much drop everything over 2,000 hertz by 30 dB. That is a huge, huge drop and it makes music sound awful, but it will protect your hearings. So. In the words of Jude from head-fi.org, quote, normal foam earplugs smother details. I agree. Faders are like turning the world's volume knob left. The world gets quieter, but the details remain. Now, Jude was talking yeah. about these earplugs right here, v-moda.com's Faders VIP. Um, I feel that that should apply to any concert or musician earplugs, but the faders, these cost 20 bucks, and V-Moda is an amazing company. They make really bomb-proof headphones with a nice build quality. I love the Crossfade M100s. Uh, the faders VIP, they work with their stables of GGAs and musicians. They're rated at a 12 decibel drop. Uh, they come with four different sizes of silicone, uh, like nice soft silicone fittings, so they're easy to get into your ears. There's a string to keep them around your neck. V-Moda said that their drop is closer to like 20 decibels in their labs. Wow. Um, 
I agree with Jude, really nice sound. Some tests say they drop everything below 80 hertz or above 12.5 kilohertz. I have not tested them on a machine, but in terms of listening to live music, they sound really good. I can speak from experience. They're really nice. They're really nice. They're comfortable too. <laughs> One that is really popular on Amazon I haven't had a chance to listen to yet are the dubs, Doppler Labs dubs. They cost 20 to $25 depending on which version you get. And uh, they have a really interesting two-path design. And it does some interesting stuff with the audio. They basically let almost all of the low-end audio through. It's like 6 dB of attenuation here. But when you get into the mid-range, like 1,000 to 12,000 hertz or so, they drop it like 20 to 24 decibels. Wow. So if you like bass, these are your earbuds. But I'm a little nervous about how much low-end they let through. Although the truth mm -hmm. is the low-end stuff really doesn't damage your hearing. It's the high-end stuff that gets ruined. Um, they have four stars on 359 reviews. Uh, it's a combination of stainless steel, ABS polymer, foams, and silicone. There's like 17 parts inside of these. It's pretty crazy to look wow. at their little breakdown right here. Um, <laughs> there's only one size of earbud though. So if you have very, very large or very, very small ears, fit might be an issue. Yeah. Um, the probably second most popular earplug uh, for concerts on Amazon is Live Music's Hearsafe earplugs. They sell for $28.95. You get two different sets of plugs inside of the case. They're averaging like four and a half stars across 470 plus reviews. The uh, white filter version, there's kind of like two little versions of these. They're very similar to Edemotic silicone earplugs. The white filter version uh, drops 29 dB. The green filter, uh, like I said, there's literally two completely separate ones, like the high reduction and the medium reduction. The greens uh, drop the noise uh, 23 decibels or drop the volume like 23 decibels. Oh, gotcha. Um, with attenuation like that, you might think these might be workable at a shooting range, but they really don't want you to use them there. But this is, you know, they're supposed to be relatively flat in terms of their, their sound reduction. Um, and again, it's one size. Yeah. So you either like the way they fit in your ears or you won't. And if you don't, there's not a lot I you can do. ears. Yeah, well, that's good. I have one more for you. Okay. These are actually pretty fantastic. <laughs> Etymotic, uh, they make high-end uh, audio gear. They started, like, first time I used them was a long time ago with uh, their earbuds. Uh, they make Eddie plugs, what they call their high-fidelity earplugs, uh, also known as the ER20. Um, these have, it's crazy. So it, their, their reduction is flat, right? They mm -hmm. have, like, a 20 dB reduction. It's not perfectly flat. But from an audio measuring standpoint, it's this is like 125 dB, this is 8,000 K. So they're right around 20 dBs of attenuation, okay. and that's relatively flat. They sell for 13 bucks. Uh, and yes, they do look actually a lot like the Doppler plugs, but I do not believe they are the same thing by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> uh, and they also come in multiple sizes, standard fit and large fit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, and they're color-coded, too, which actually makes things a little bit easier. That is nice. Well, the, the standard with the blue root tip. It's a simple thing, but I appreciate it. Well, at least they have. <laughs> if you have big ears, they can help you. Um, Edemotix exactly. also just came out with a new ER20XS high-fidelity earplug, which are universal fit, uh, cost $25, and hmm. uh, I have not heard of anybody who has heard those yet. Cool. So, okay, that's not... So, four, four picks. Four picks. <laughs> Pick one of them. Still pretty use quick. Use something. At the very least, don't use, don't stuff cocktail napkins in your ear. <laughs> Get foam earplugs. Most places that host live music. And don't just wear anything. Like don't don't wear nothing. Yes. I should be saying. Don't wear nothing. In general, that's a bad idea. That's good life advice, actually. Just don't leave the house with <laughs> nothing, people. <laughs> of course, if you guys go to concerts a lot and you have a specific choice for earplugs, let us know. You can email us ask at techthing.com. Please do. 
This is not a rapid fire round, but we have three alternatives to AVG antivirus. Before you say, didn't you already do this? Yes. But we, <laughs> we have did. new information to share based on AVG's recent decision. Well, you tell them about it because okay. I was frothing earlier. All right. Frothing. Well, he was frothing Raging. at the mouth. It was scary. I was like, <laughs> I feel tension here. Do you need a hug? AVG has announced a new privacy policy and pretty much the entire internet's flipped out. So here's the thing. Before I get started, if you hear knocking on the roof, it's because people are replacing the roof because we had a leak. So. I applaud AVG for releasing this data and being open about its policies because not a lot of companies actually do that. So it's very nice that they made it yeah. readable and easy to understand. Facebook. However, <laughs> yeah, Facebook. <laughs> it's somewhat creepy that they can sell your information now. So basically they say, what do you collect that can identify me? We can collect your name, address, email, phone, and SIM number, IP address, detect de device ID, location, and if you buy a product, payment information. Payment information, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, they say, how do you collect my data? Why do you collect my data? Now, and they, they also say, can you share my data? And they share it with third parties. So here, here's the thing. Like obviously, if I'm downloading a product or buying a product, they're going to get information about me. Are they saying they're going to grab that information and share it if you're using their product? Like, and they're going to be tracking what you do this on is your computer specifically for their free pop product. Okay, that's the weird thing. Is they are. They are saying that they can share your data, they can sell it to third-party companies for i.e. marketing and things of that nature via the free version. Okay. So they're saying, hey, we're giving you this freed product, so we're going to sell your information. Now, this is an antivirus company, though. But is it possible that other antivirus companies sell this sort of information but just don't tell you about it? Absolutely. Um, a lot of other companies have really long EULA agreements that right. you have to agree to whenever you download their software. Now, I personally do not agree with all of their collection, so I use Avast. But if you want to switch, if you're like me and you are not happy with AVG, here are a few that I do recommend, and I'll explain their policies a little bit as well. So first off, I have Avast. So you can find this over at avast.com. They have the buy version, they have the free version. In their policy, which you can read over at avast.com slash ian slash, or ian dash us slash privacy dash policy, Avast collects URLs of visited websites together with the information on the nature of identified threats, so they collect information on the viruses, the Trojans, tracking cookies, any other forms of malware, and the URLs of several sites visited before the infection was identified. So where that actual, where the malware and stuff like that came from. They also say this collection is, this information is collected to ascertain the source of the infection, information and files of your computer are identified by the IVAST software as potentially infected, if they are potentially right. infected, together with the information about the nature of identity identified threats, information about the sender, such as personal information, and subjects of emails are identified by the Avast software as potentially infected. So again, anything right. that's specifically, you know, malware or Trojans or anything like that. Um, and they go on and so, so on and so forth. The problem with this one is it's another EULA that no 
nobody is going to read. Well, but part of it's also is if you're an AV company and you're scanning email and yeah. you're scanning websites and you're scanning the ads on the websites and they discover something, oh, there's malicious behavior here. Yep. It is this file name. Exactly. Or there is malicious behavior here. So that it makes was sense. sent by this person. Yeah. And they're trying to identify trends or sources of infection or, you right. know what I mean? So, so in that sense, it's kind of like epidemiology where- Yeah, hey, exactly. You so came in here with typhus, let's find out where you got it. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> let's find you know, patient zero. <laughs> so that kind of information makes sense from their EULA as well, which is why I use Avast because they don't specifically state, I don't know if they actually do, but they don't state that they collect any other kind of information like you know your IP address right. and SIM number and things of that nature, like AVG says that they do. So that is my first choice. My second choice is Panda Security over at pandasecurity.com. So they don't explicitly say what kind of data they collect through their software. They do have a legal page, Panda, that is, and it talks about their personal data protection and e-commerce mm -hmm. down here. Uh, there's quite a lot written here. However, they don't specifically state exactly, again, what, what kind of data they are collecting. The reason why I do include it with my Roundup is because it's ease of use. Uh, that's a nice feature for me. It's high rating in comparison to reviews in the most recent years to right. other different AV or other different antivirus software. Keep in mind though, with Panda, I should mention this, uh, when you're installing it, just make sure you don't click on that Yahoo to Yahoo toolbar installation <laughs> because that's no good. We should probably point out with any um, with any free software you install, do the custom install, not the express install. Yeah. Or whatever whatever they tell you is like the long drawn out difficult install that you don't want to do, gentle user, do it because that'll usually give the the option to uncheck any additional software features yep. or installations <laughs> that may just irritate the snot out of you. And last stuff I do want to mention, just go Linux. <laughs> Use my last rapid fire round as a really quick roundup of which ones I like. The nice thing about Linux, one of many, is that you don't need antivirus, which is amazing. Or you won't need it until you do. You could say that. I mean, you could say <laughs> the same thing about uh, about OS 10. Yeah, that's true. You know. Well, it, it has a smaller market share, so there's less um, less malware, less trojans, right. less viruses being made for it in the first place because the makers of these audience. devices are not going to have a large audience, and people who generally use Linux are they're they're computer literate, so they're going <laughs> to understand what they're doing. They're probably not going to download that virus. Um, it's open source, so it is checked very often, and software is downloaded through very trusted repositories. Uh, in fact, I do want to mention that HowToGeek, they have a really great explanation of different sites that you can use. So if you check out this little article, HTG explains why you don't need an antivirus on Linux. Read through that, really, really informative as far as that goes. And lastly, use Malwarebytes along with any antivirus that you pick for your top security um, software. We did a roundup of our favorites back in Tech Thing episode nine with a lot more mm -hmm. information about each and every single one and why we like them, not just about their mm -hmm. policies, policy changes, and my favorites haven't really changed that much. So keep that in mind and let us know what you think as well. In the Twitter conversation around Ahmed's clock, Bobby Parnell tweeted, you have any recommendations on starting up a hacker space? Hmm. This is a great question. This is a great question. So there's actually a really nice Wikipedia write-up on this. Mm -hmm. uh, Hackerspace Noun, a community-operated workspace where people with common interests, often in computers, machining, technology, science, digital art, or electronic art, can meet, socialize, and collaborate. <laughs> Darren Kitchen, my co-host on Hack5, 
he actually floats from hackerspace to hackerspace whenever he travels, especially when he goes to mm -hmm. Europe on like Hack Across Europe yeah. and around America too for Hack Across America. And you had some ideas too, right? Yeah, well actually it's it's funny. Our friend Mubix of Metasploit Minute Flames, Flame, Fame, Fame says the hackerspace wiki is actually really awesome. It's what we looked at when we started Nova Hackers. Oh. Uh, and if you go up there, it's hacker, wiki.hackerspaces.org <clears throat> and scroll down to the part on documentation and it's got information on running a space, legal structure, how to find it, how to kind of set up the, the running and organization of the group. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of this applies, it's funny, it's like making maker spaces. A lot of the hackerspace stuff applies to a makerspace. Um, both of which are really cool where you create a community about people that want to learn something, do something, or get together to support each other in the process of doing stuff so or true. learning stuff. Oh good. man, it, good. yeah, hackerspaces are awesome. I highly recommend them for anybody who wants to do like making mm -hmm. or just building a computer and you want some help. People are pretty yeah. open and they're very happy to help be helpful there uh, at different hackerspaces that I've been through too. So definitely think about it, man. If you haven't gone to one before, I'm, yeah, I'm a hackerspace fan. She is. Mm -hmm. Woot. If you're a fan of Tech Thing, make sure you subscribe at techthing.com on iTunes or youtube.com slash techthing. That, and only that, will make sure you get each and every episode unless you're the kind of person that remembers to check the website every week, in which case you're awesome. By the way, if you want to kind of take it to the next level, keep the show going, do us a favor, check out patreon.com slash techthing. It's where you can donate to keep the show coming. Basically, you pay to make the show happen, and we don't have to worry about advertising revenue to keep us afloat. Every little bit counts, and hey, if you can't donate, no worries. Please take the time to send us questions, tips, and to share the show with your friends and family. Giving our video the thumbs up on YouTube. If you can review us on iTunes, it's really helpful. Matter of fact, it all helps, and we love that you're a part of it. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And remember, if you support us on patreon.com slash techthing, you get access to our new monthly build video. September's build video is about liquid cooling, and there will be mayhem. If you listen closely, Oh, oh, there it is. Okay. I thought they are going to stop <laughs> making noise now that we were trying to listen to them. That's the roofers putting on a new roof so we don't have more water damage inside the building. The pool on the roof. It's on the sixth floor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss high school. Not at all. I've been playing around with online speed tests. So far, I've been running speedtest.net, speedof.me, which is really cool if you've never played around with it. Um, mm. It's, uh, it's very different than speed tests, but it produced speed testing results. Um, <laughs> test my net, speakeasy.net slash speed test. And it was crazy because on the same connection at approximately the same time, I was getting anywhere from, wait for it, 25 to 100 megabit per second downloads. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm learning more about how the different ones work. And I would love to hear from y'all about any speed tests uh, you're using or experiences with them you've had. You know, you. the Comcast speed test is always correct. <laughs> Look, fun cake. <laughs> Askatechthing.com or tweet at Patrick Norton. Um, it's it's just been, it's been it's been interesting. Uh, I when, can't wait to hear your whole review about this. I, I just I'm I'm learning. <laughs> I'm, just like I learned about hearing aids last week, in the next yep. week or two, I'm getting my learn on when it comes to speed <laughs> tests, which are bizarre. That's hey, all I'm going to say. We got a tweet at Tech Thing from uh, Loser, Loser Freak. Freak. I love your name. He said, at Tech Thing, best music management program. Got 55K songs. I'm a DJ, and I want to ensure easy to find and correctly metadata and such. Thoughts? Hmm. I have a few thoughts, actually. So that's 55,000 songs. And if you've never had 55,000 songs in iTunes, you really don't know what hell feels like. 
So Unless it's just really a few. <laughs> improved iTunes. It's a lot of music. <laughs> so I should mention first off that Alan Henry, one of our good buddies, he did a write up on these back in 2014 for、mm-hmm. Lifehacker. Not much has changed on the in the world of you know music management.、Uh, he said for the most options and the highest accuracy, use a program called Music Brains Picard. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love this name. So <laughs> it's at the top of the list、Make、for metadata、so. editing and updating. It's also free and it's open source.、Mm-hmm. Works for a variety of、um, operating systems and it's very very good at pulling up everything from album art to the artist to the、uh, the specific song、yeah. titles. So very very good option for you guys.、Uh, alternatives would include one called Jicos. <laughs> this one Jicos. is about twenty bucks. Does the same thing but it's much more focused on songs and art. As opposed to albums, I mentioned album art for Picard.、Mm-hmm. This one is for those songs and artists. So if you're、okay. not necessarily an organizer for albums, use Jaikus. <laughs> I'm probably screwing up that name so bad. Jaikus.、Um, <laughs> not sure what operating system you use, but if you use OS 10, there is one called Yate. This one is also a very good one. And lastly, for organizing those tagged files, or if you want to tag your files in the same software that you want to use for organization, the last one is called Media Monkey. And this one is also <laughs> very, very much free. I'll put the links to all of these in the show notes.、Uh, I've used Media Monkey and Picard myself. I've never used the ones that you purchase. So let me know if you have a different. Option for organization and metadata tagging,、uh, which is it's excellent when it's automatic. You don't have to deal with as much. And for 55k songs, I'm pretty sure you want something that's automatic. However, be careful with it. Make sure that it doesn't tag anything incorrectly, no matter what software. That's that you just、use. what I was about to say. There's nothing worse than testing and automated. Like I don't、yes. test so- software like this on my primary collection anymore because one, we ordered the songs. So oh, it changed,、yeah. like it retitled and changed the song, so they no longer played in the album order. <sighs> maddening, also maddening if they start、that. messing up your artwork. Yeah. So, so maybe you want to download a couple of different options for, like, if you listen to a certain album from, you know, point one or track A to track, <laughs> tra- track one to track like I don't know, fourteen or whatever.、Right. Use.、Uh, What was it, Picard for that one, and then use everything else for your other songs. I, I think Picard's probably fine for everything. Picard's pretty pretty darn awesome. I'll, I'll have to say. <laughs> He's a captain. <laughs> hey, we got an email, right? Tom writes in. I just found out the SD cards I purchased from online are invalid using the SD Insight app. Ouch! I do not live near a big box store and need to purchase online replacements SD cards from a family's phones. Do you recommend a location online where I can get trusted and valid cards? Tom's P.S. The cards were purchased from eBay. Oh no! Yeah, that's well, why you got owned, dude, because they were from eBay. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't trust eBay for. A lot of things, and SD cards is one of those things.、Right. So SD Insight, I've never heard of this app. I'll be honest, but I looked at it and I tested it, and it's super cool. What does it do? It tells you if your SD cards are valid or not. So it'll bring up the brand, it'll bring up the model, and all that information,、mm-hmm. and the manufacturer and the date, so you know exactly where it came from. And even though some SD cards might You know, say Toshiba on the front. Maybe、right. they're really not. So it's. Nice Are you suggesting that some unscrupulous sellers on eBay might create fake branding information to sell their janky? Well, gosh, I don't know. SD card. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the reality is, is, is okay. Yes, buy from a trusted site. Yes. 
Go to Amazon.com. Amazon.com, <laughs> yeah. So some most of the brands yeah. sell SD cards uh, over on Amazon.com, like he's got pulled up right now. He's He just searched for SD cards, found a ton available. And a lot of them are available for Prime shipping, too, so you don't only have to wait like two days if you're set up for Prime. Um, there's a lot on there. SanDisk, I know, is on there. PNY, Samsung. I believe. Samsung, yeah. So you can find tons Transcend. on their website. Yeah, Transcend, of course, of course. They will also be legit, so you won't have to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, also consider shopping from directly from the brand site. A lot of brands, specifically like SanDisk, mm -hmm. will just have a link to their Amazon.com page. Right. So you won't have to worry as much about that. So basically just shop from an authorized retailer when it comes to SD cards or any kind of item that will be holding important data like photos from one of your family's phones or something Are like that. Are you saying I shouldn't buy used hard drives on eBay for the eBay 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 for the family NAS? I I would not <laughs> trust that necessarily. Just, just saying. Yeah, for what it's <laughs> worth, uh, I pretty much only use SanDisk uh, micro SD cards and, and SD cards. Best deals are almost always on Amazon. Um, Samsung seems to be good. PNY, Transcend, all have yeah. excellent reputations. Uh, yeah, seriously, if your application is critical or you just don't like getting ripped off, skip deals for unbranded cards or from strangers on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, by the way, you can save yourself some cash and sometimes some reliability issues if you don't buy a card that's considerably faster than what you need. Mm -hmm. That sounds a little bizarre, but one of the things uh, I found out recently uh, with Raspberry Pi is if you do the cards that do the faster write speed, sometimes yeah. have uh, slower read speeds. Really? I'm still learning about that. Learning is a theme I this week. Didn't I just well, something new. But it's also something that you don't need like a 42,000X card because that's an SD spec. Very uh, true. You know, for your three-year-old phone. Something to think about. All right. This about wraps up our episode of Tech Thing. But yeah. remember, I'm going to get serious here right now while they're knocking on the walls and things. So once in a while, just put down your phone, step away from your screen, close your laptop, do something analog while it's still warm outside, if it is still warm wherever you live. Like what I'm going to do this weekend. So if you're in the Bay Area, join me at the Renaissance Festival. It's called the Northern California Renaissance Fair over at NorCalRenFair.com. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely dressing up and going to this because it's awesome and it's super fun and it's totally <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. You just want to wear your Renfair garb. I want to wear. Mead. I have a I have a dragon oh, that moves mead. its head. It's a little little puppet that I put on, on my shoulder. He comes with me everywhere. Came from Dragon His Con. name is Atreyu. You're going to get your head cut off by accident by an angry knight. Nope. I'm Andrew Norton. I'm Shannon Morse. Watch out for angry knights. <laughs> we'll see you next week on Tech Thing. <laughs>I'm planning to go to the Renaissance Fair mm -hmm. um, this weekend with Atreyu and possibly my husband if he's nice to me. I might leave him at home. We'll find out. You and, may stay um, home and drink beer and play magic card games. <laughs> the thing I'm missing for my costume is like a nice leather like matching belt. Right now I've just been carrying my pretty little coach purse. And uh, I want to get one of those big like flagons for me. Your Renaissance coach purse? <laughs> It does not match. It's not even the right color. That's just and I want to get like huge like metal pint things so I can hang your pint glass and yes. your mead flag so in off can, of your big yes, leather belt. Exactly. So I can go up to the place where they sell mead at the Red Fair and I can be like, 
I would like to order myself a flagon of mead, sir. And then you'll be like, yes, my lady, what kind would you like? And I'll be like, I would like the cherry cup flavored one or whatever, you know. What? You don't that talk is... like that when you go to the rent fair? I haven't been to a rent fair in like 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> Let me buy this with my USD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you take Apple Pay? <laughs> they probably take Square now. They probably do. Which is so weird when you go to a rent fair and everybody's dressed up like they're from like the 1700s. Well, it is awesome if you run into somebody who's trying to make it fit into the sort of renaissance oh, period. Dude, it's awesome. Like there's a guy at the front and if you come in with normal clothes, he'll be like, you sir are not dressed correctly for our fair. It's so funny. He makes a huge deal out of it. <laughs> oh my goodness. They do sword practices for the Society of Creative Anachronism in Berkeley in some of the parks. Ooh. We've been contemplating taking Seamus over there and letting him get you know, into a sword fight. With oh them. my gosh, we should do that. Well, I didn't realize the Society for Creative Anachronism, which is kind of the root of most of the Ren Fairs. I didn't realize it came out of Berkeley in the 60s. I didn't know that either. If it actually came out of somewhere else in the 60s, feel News free to. to me.